to continue today our journey through Lent, a journey that is taking us into the dark wood. As we've said before, the dark wood is those times in life when you feel like you're lost, as if being in the middle of a thick, dark wood and you can't find your way out. We often fear these moments, but what if they are a gift? That even though we may be in darkness, God may be there with us, blessing us. Today, the gift we find in the dark wood is the gift of being thunderstruck. And I didn't realize until this week that there is an ACDC song by the same name, (laughs) Thunderstruck. That is not the gift we are talking about today. (laughs) Though I looked up the song and it seems to be a pretty good starting point. I'm not going to sing it, but the heavy metal lyrics give us a picture of what being thunderstruck may be. I was caught in the middle of a railroad track. I looked around and I knew there was no turning back. It sounds more poetic without the screaming, but my mind raced and I thought, what could I do? And I knew there was no help, no help from you. Sound of the drums beating in my heart. The thunder of guns tore me apart. You've been thunderstruck. Now, in the song, what leaves them feeling thunderstruck is this wild party in Texas. The party's so good that they're frightened in a good way, scared but loving it. Now, that is maybe what being thunderstruck is like, but often it is a little different, not so good. I looked up the word's definition in a few dictionaries, and here's what, I, here's what I found. Thunderstruck is being extremely surprised or shocked, dumbfounded to be stopped in your tracks, suddenly surprised as if unable to speak, to be flabbergasted, to be astonished by something terrible, overcome with consternation, confounded, completely taken aback. That doesn't sound like a gift. It doesn't sound like anything we would look forward to. We don't talk much about being thunderstruck anymore, we modern people, but the ancients loved to talk about it. To them, that's where we get the term, is from the ancients, who believed that being thunderstruck was a moment when the divine spoke to you. In almost every ancient religion and mythology, in their art, as well as in their literature, they envisioned their deities speaking to them, most often through thunder and lightning. The text Marty read from Job gives us a very good picture of this. Job is a very old poem, and in it, it describes being thunderstruck perfectly. At this also, my heart trembles and leaps out of its place. Listen, listen to the thunder of God's voice, the rumbling that comes from God's mouth. Under the whole heavens, God lets loose. God thunders wondrously with God's voice and does great things we can't comprehend. For the ancients, it wasn't just that God's voice sounded like thunder. It was that thunder was God's voice. We can dismiss this idea as a primitive, pre-modern culture trying to give meaning to something unknown and terrifying like thunder and lightning. But I think they were on to something. Turn on a Christian radio station today and you listen to the songs, you think that when God speaks, it's all birds and roses and and light and fluffy. 
But you read scripture when God speaks in scripture, things shake. Mountains quake, thick clouds envelop mountains. When angels show up, an angel is really just a word that means messenger from God. When angels show up, everyone is always deathly afraid and their first words are always, fear not. Now I'm not saying every or even any thunderstorm is God trying to speak to us. But I am saying that if God were to try to speak to us, it probably would feel more like standing under a loud clap of thunder than like the sound of a gentle breeze. Your stomach jumps if you've ever been there when the thunder strikes above you. Your hair stands up, your knees quake. But none of this can compare to what happens to your life. For what really leaves you thunderstruck is not the sound or the method through which God speaks, but the implications of God's voice on your life. We read the story of God speaking to Abram. We don't really know how God spoke to him. But the thunderous reverberations of what God said to him are still shaking throughout time. Go from your country. Go from your kindred. Go from your father's house and head to the land that I will show you. That's what God said, however God said it. And surprisingly, Abram goes. And this encounter with God, hearing God's voice, changes his life and human history in profound ways forever. Like the sound of a loud clap of thunder, the reverberations of God's voice go on and on. And from the thunder, Abram hears his calling in life. His name becomes Abraham, and he sets out on this leap of faith. Now, maybe you've realized by now, by when we talk of a journey into the dark wood, it isn't really a journey to some place far away from us. But it is, in fact, a journey inward. A journey into ourselves, this interior journey where we confront our own doubts, our own insecurities, where we face our fears. But there's something else inside, something deep in that wood that we avoid. Often our own doubts and insecurities terrify us, but have you ever been terrified by your own potential? Terrified of what God may be calling you to do? Have you ever avoided that dark wood journey because you know what's in there? And you're avoiding that calling, that leap of faith that someone is calling you to do. You're avoiding following your dreams. You avoid the dark wood because you know once you're there, you'll see it. You'll see the lightning flash. You will hear the thunder sound over and over again because you've been hearing it for a while, faintly perhaps, maybe your whole life, but you've drowned it out with doubts, with the noise of life. And chances are, if the lightning keeps flashing in the same location, you might head in that direction. Chances are God may be speaking. Now for me, often when a thunderstorm is on the way, I don't even hear it. The children are making sounds, the TV's on, life is so noisy. But regardless of how far and faint it may be, our dog, Maggie, always hears the thunderstorm. And that's often our clue that something's happening. She leaves the room immediately when thunder sounds. 
The closer it gets, the more nervous she becomes. She crawls under furniture, changing the furniture with each clap of thunder. She hides behind toilets. She shakes violently. Thunder terrifies her. And she's often scared to death. And I haven't even noticed there's a storm. That's why being thunderstruck is a gift that comes to us in the dark wood. Because our lives, our modern lives, are so noisy, so filled with light and sound. Even if thunder came our way, we wouldn't know it. We're not listening for God. We're not listening for anything. But when you're out in that dark wood with no shelter, with nothing but the sounds of creation around you, you can hear the storm. You can feel it. Out of nowhere, darkness can be sucked up by an immediate flash of lightning. And the flash is soon followed by that rumble of thunder that leaves you thunderstruck for sure, ducking and running for cover, knowing that that, from that thunder, someone is speaking. Now, I had a dark wood thunderstruck moment once. Well, really, it wasn't that dark. It was more dusk woods. But it was a moment when the thunder sounded in my life with reverberations that continue today. For reasons I don't quite understand, I felt drawn in college to take a personal retreat to this monastery, the Abbey of Gethsemane. It was the home to the famous monk and writer Thomas Merton nestled in the beautiful rolling hills of the bluegrass state of Kentucky. At college, I heard some guy share his story of visiting there, and in that moment, I knew I needed to go. And so I went twice. My first trip was awkward. I'd never been in a monastery before. I was nervous. I didn't know what to do. It was so quiet. No one talked to anyone, and this was too much for me. I drowned it out with the good food that they fed. I read some books. I went on some walks. But that was about it. But the second trip, the second trip was life-changing. I went in with a bit of an agenda. College was quickly ending. And it was about time to figure out what I would do with the rest of my life. So I had two things I wanted to figure out in this weekend. First, I had been offered an internship at this church in Montgomery, Alabama. Or I could go to seminary, as my professors were advising me to do. And the second decision was, well, should I marry Marty? (laughs) And I guess you know what I decided to do. But I'll remember the moment I decided forever. And it was a moment that, you know, nothing holy really happened. But in that moment, I knew what I should do. I was sitting, uh, gone on a walk on the grounds of the monastery and was down about a mile away from anybody or anything but the woods. And there was the stream, and there was a rock bridge that somebody had built over it, and I sat down and dangled my feet over the water, and I thought, this is it. This is what I need to figure out. This is where I will figure it out. And I did. Thunder struck in that moment. It was quiet, but I felt it, and I knew, and I got up, and I went back, and I knew what I needed to do. A few months later, we were driving along Interstate 20 in Texas, heading for the first time to the West Texas town of Abilene, a town we had never visited until the day we moved. In front of my car was another car that my newly wed bride, Marty, was driving. Behind me was a U-Haul trailer that had everything that we owned that we would put into our new home we had never seen while we went to seminary. And I'll never forget that drive, what we saw as we were nearing Abilene, coming closer and closer. 
it started to get dark. And on the horizon, if you've ever been to West Texas, it's big and wide. And we could see three thunderstorms way off in the distance. But you could see the lightning in each one separate, yet all of them flashing at the same time. And we didn't know on that journey everything. We didn't know what was ahead. But in the moment, we knew this was where we needed to go. The thunder was striking. And I don't know about you. I don't know if or where lightning is flashing or if the thunder is sounding in your life. But if it is, you should listen. Maybe you should follow, like Abram, leaving everything you know and going on that journey into the unknown. Because something, someone may be leading you, speaking to you, taking you on a journey you've never been before. To a land God will show you. To that place where everything comes together and your life makes sense again. Maybe you don't use the word thunderstruck. Maybe you use a word like the light bulb came on or you had an aha moment, a flash of genius. Something clicks into place. But if you were to ask Job, Job would say, listen to the thunder of God's voice. And I think Job is on to something. Amen? Amen. Let us join now together in a response to God's word in this confession that we've been doing in the season of Lent. Join me by reading the words in bold. For being too busy to be wonderstruck by your works. For filling the holes in our spirit with things that cannot truly feed us. For denying the world our best selves. Let us enter into a brief moment of silence as we take a deep breath, breathing in and out the goodness of God and reflect on the lightning and thunder in your life. Where is God's thunder sounding? Where is God's lightning pointed? Step into the dark wood, into your interior self. Allow yourself to be thunderstruck by God's voice. Hear these words of assurance from God. God is already making a wonder of you. You are a part of God's awesome creation. God is with you always forgiving, and restoring you to wholeheartedness. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us now approach the table of Christ. Our song is number 430. Lo, I am with you. Wherever we go, God is with us. And God is with us here in the bread and in the cup.